listening to the Carl Jackson Podcast. Available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes. Welcome to the Carl Jackson Podcast. I'm excited and delighted that you guys are watching us tonight on CJC and listening on all podcast platforms. And if you're watching old episodes, you're probably watching us on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube page, it is CJC TV on YouTube. Subscribe. You can watch old episodes of the podcast if you miss watching us on the CJC network or if you're not able or capable of listening on Spotify or Apple iTunes or any of the other places that are podcast is delivered. We have a special guest tonight. Her name is April Simmons. Actually, her name is not April Simmons. So here's the thing. I heard the pastor of, of um, what's the church? Crystal Cathedral. He said Simmons. Then he turned around and said Simons. Well, her name, Simmons, was stuck in my head because I just saw that episode. Anyway, her name is <laughs> April Osteen Simons okay he said Simons and then he said Simmons so I don't know how he messed it up in one introduction but anyway it's Simons right so we want to uh, say thank you to her because she's on the show tonight she's my guest and she's part of the Osteen family like she is big time her brother you know her brother Joel and her family just her family all together they're just pretty much I would say um, religious royalty, if that's even a phrase or a word. So it's not just Joel, even though everybody talks about Joel and he is a beast, a monster, but uh, the family, the whole family are just impeccable and they're amazing people. Her mom is amazing people. Hope to interview her at some point. Um, so anyway, she's my guest tonight, and I think this is going to be a great conversation that you're going to enjoy. She has a new book out. She's going to be talking about her new book. So you know what? Why am I talking? Let's just go to the interview. It was recorded in my office as we are still in pandemic, and at some point I'm hoping to bring guests into the studio because those conversations I have yet to have because we've been in pandemic. <sighs> Let's watch. Welcome to the Carl Jackson Podcast. I'm excited and delighted that you guys are watching us on CJC Network across the world. Uh, it's been overwhelming. We, that's, I guess why our guests have been getting better and better because you guys have been watching. So thank you guys for watching the CJC Network across the world. As also listening on iTunes, Spotify, and all the places that you get your podcast. And for those who are watching on YouTube, some of the shows that you miss on the network, you can go to our CJC TV page on YouTube and catch up on old episodes. Today we have a special guest and I have to say special with all my guests, but this one is really special, right? So this one is a special guest. She comes from an amazing family, the Osteen family. I, I think I would call them uh, the religious royalty, religious royalty, Christian royalty. Like there's probably no other family that is tight knit and as powerful in Christian in them, if that's a word, as this family. And we have one of the members, her name is April Osteen um, Simons. I almost messed up because we were just talking about that the other day, I mean, earlier. But anyway, um, April Osteen Simons is my guest and she has a new book that's coming out. And we're gonna talk about that right now. So let's 
without further ado, welcome her to the Carl Jackson Podcast. Uh, thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for the kind words you said about my family. That means the world to me. Don't take it lightly. So it, it's it's an honor to be with you. Oh man, thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you. Are you kidding me? So I want to I want to go over a couple things. Uh, I want I have so many questions, but the first thing I want to do is want to start with um, a joke. So I went through your book. We'll talk about that later in the show. But I went through your book. Of course, the name of your book is Better Than Ever, and it has four words by your brother uh, Joel Osteen, who uh, uh, did the four words, which I read. But there was a part in the video, I mean, the book that I thought was so hilarious, right? So you go into this thing about how you want to um, pre appreciate the small things, you know, like the things that most of us take for granted. And at the top of the list, or not at the top of the list, but one of the top three was warm homemade chocolate cake. <laughs> and I was like, okay, she's got me at that. And then you went, then if I thought that it was over, then you go into... Frank Sinatra. I'm like, what? What? That's two. And yeah. then the third one was turkey chili Frito pie. And I was like, okay, I'm done. Me and her are going to be like this for the rest of our lives. Because yeah. only thing I would switch is the turkey from turkey to, to beef. Okay. I would do beef. That's just me. Yes, that's okay. I'm a Texan. I'm a real Texan. You know? I know, right? I live, I live in San Diego, but I'm a real Texan. Awesome. I would love to live in San Diego, but I live in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you live in Dallas, right? My hometown, right? Yeah, I do. I do. Right. So um, I want to talk a bit, before we get into the book, I want to talk a bit about um, your upbringing. How was your upbringing? What was it like being in um, a family like yours? Well, um, first I've got to apologize. My little dog is starting to bark and I have no one here to stop her. But anyway, it was, you know what, Carl, it was, it was amazing growing up in our family. I, I just, preacher's kid, I'm the youngest of the Osteens. We were in church all the time. And honestly, I just loved it. My family's highly imperfect. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, you know, some people look and say, well, you, you know, you have all this, of course we know nobody's perfect, but we had a good family life. I had a good family life. My dad was my hero. He went to heaven in 1999, and that, that was a hard time. Um, my mom is 87 years old, kicked cancer to the curb in 1981. She's healthy and strong. She's my hero as well. But, you know, we, we grew up going to church. But uh, I think one thing, Carl, that kept me serving God all these years is that my parents were the same on the platform as they were at home. Mm. The same, let me say that. I said it backwards. They were the same at home as they oh, were on the platform. Right. And so real attracted me to God. Real kept me with God. And, you know, in one of the worst times of my family's life is when my mom was diagnosed with cancer. You know, I saw what happened when bad things happen to good people. And I saw, okay, what's she going to do? when she's diagnosed and given a few weeks to live, is she still going to love God? Is she still going to serve God? Is she still going to praise God? Not for the cancer, but in the midst of the cancer. And I saw her live it out. I saw her live out an authentic life. And that just kept me there. So I have to say, I've, I've been so blessed just to love my family. We're still to this day, all so close. We cheer each other on. And uh, it was a great childhood. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it. Wow, that's amazing. 
So uh, tell them, talk a little bit about your mother. She seems like she is. So, you know, whenever I see her on TV, she's, she seems like she's quiet and sitting over there on, on the front row. But she seems like she's like the backbone of the whole family. She is. That, is that true or is that kind of like just made up in my mind? No, no. She's a little powerhouse. She's five foot two, about 100 pounds. I call her the original Polly Pocket. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would say if I want anybody to pray for me, I'll call mama because I know she can pray. If I want anybody to stand in the gap with me, it's mama. She's just got this bulldog tenacity. And one thing that I wrote in my book about her, I wrote a whole chapter. It's called Turn the Page. Because Carl, when my dad went to heaven in 1999, here we were faced with who's going to pastor this church. We right. were just a bunch of kids that had helped my parents all along the way. And this church had been there 40 years. None of us were qualified. And, you know, I was a little, little fearful of it. And so anyway, my mom, instead of sitting in the background and saying, you know what, daddy and I had a good run. We had 44 years of great marriage. We, we built Lakewood. It was great. She could have sat in the background, but you know what? She didn't. She turned the page and realized God still has a plan for her life, for her life. God still has great things for her to do. And I saw mama shift into overdrive. I saw her shift into a gear that I didn't even know she had in her. And it inspires me that, you know, when bad things happen, when we hit bumps in the road, when we make mistakes, when we when our flaws are showing, it's not a time to say, you know what, God, it's over. I know I messed up. I know that part of my life is over. So I'll just kind of slowly live out life. No, we can turn the page. She's just, she's just a, a, a great woman. I, I admire her. I look up to her. She means so much to me and to my siblings. So she's a powerhouse. Wow. That's amazing. There's a part in your book uh, there's a piece in your book that I really like. It talks about trust God in all seasons. Um, and it says scriptural continually warns us to be aware of the strategies of the enemy. Don't be caught off guard. That um, those couple sentences really grabbed me because um, that's that there is a lot of that going on right now. Talk a little bit about trusting God in all seasons. You just mentioned your mom. Yeah. How she had to transition. Right. Trusting God, but also been able to be aware of the strategies of the enemy, especially with you guys having to regroup and rebuild Lakewood. Right. You know, one thing we always hear is God has a plan for our lives, but not to scare anyone, but the enemy also has a plan for our lives. There's a fight over how our story will end. For instance, when, when my dad passed away, Within six minutes of him passing away, they announced it on the news. And then one of the news reporters, I'll never forget it, gave the statistics of how if a son or daughter took over the church, it would more than likely fail. Six minutes in. Oh, and my so God. Wow. You know, you, there, there comes a, a time in life you have to shut out the naysayers. Hmm. You have to stay center focused. You have to say, God, I know they say this and that, but you know what? I'm focusing on you and I'm going to trust you. I can't figure it out. There's a scripture that says, since the Lord is directing our steps, why try to understand everything that happens along the way? We're not going to get it always, but that doesn't mean that we, we lose sight or lose trust of God. And, you know, Carl, often it's easy to question God and to say, God, I feel like you've forgotten about me. You know, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do. And I really believe God is. God is okay with us just talking to him like a person, you know? Right. 
you know, I, I would just encourage anybody that's watching, we all go through these seasons where trusting is harder. It's easier said than done. Just to, just to tune out those naysayers, say, God, I don't get it, but I trust you and I'm going to keep forward focused and I'm just going to keep believing for my miracle. I'm going to keep believing for my breakthrough. I'm going to keep moving forward, even when I don't get it. Wow. Wow. There's even a piece later on in that paragraph and you kind of hit on it, but I wanted you to kind of expound on it a little bit more. Um, and you said, um, there are times when you even doubt God mm -hmm. and have doubts about uh, his word and his promises. Right. Talk a little bit about that because I've lived that my, myself, yeah. even right. building my companies and all that. Right. There are times you go, I know God told me to do this, but yeah. what's going so, on here? I'll give you a perfect example. You know, when my dad passed away, that's a big reference quote for me. We took our little family, we moved here to Dallas and we started a church. And you know what? God bless that church. And I believe it's because of the faithfulness of my mom and dad, that generational blessing. Right. We pastored that church for 14 years and I loved that church. I loved those people. But in 2014, the bank, the bank came and took away our church. Oh, wow. Long story, too much to get into. But you know what? I'd be lying if I said I didn't wonder what in the world is going on here. God, I know you've called us to this. You know, we built it. We're, we're highly imperfect. But what in the world is going on? It's those questions that, you know, I don't get this. I thought this was the dream. I thought this was the plan. And you're talking and, about High Point Church, right? Yes, High Point right. Church. Just for people who are watching. Yes, High Point Church that we had for 14 years. And you know what? There came a time, Carl, when I just had to... I had to shut my mind down to the questions because I know God's real. I know he's faithful. When I left everything I knew, he was faithful and he showed up. And, you know, the questions sometimes will so haunt your mind that they get you off course. They get you in a funk. They get you in depression. Yes. They get you where you're, you know, where you just kind of slacken in every area. And if you're that way today, anybody's that way that's listening today, my, our hearts go out to you. We yes. Have, it doesn't make you a bad person. It's just real life. And that's one reason I kind of wrote the book. What are we going to do when real life happens to us? Right. Can't we rise above it? It's not denying the bad things that are going on in our lives, but instead it's saying, you know what, God, I can't control these circumstances, but I got to trust you in the midst of the circumstances. That's what I had to say when we lost the church. And I just had to say, God, I'm regrouping, you know, I know you still have a plan. And then, you know, God just opens more doors and he's been faithful we won't understand a lot of stuff, but if I believe, like you said, you, you know, you've started businesses and all that, and you feel like it's God, I believe that God will show us. And that if we just stay in tune with him, that he's going to lay it, lay it out. It might be one step at a time, which is hard and that requires faith, but we got to keep moving forward. Even when we don't see the whole staircase. That's good. That's good. You need to start your own church again. <laughs> <laughs> just do it online you know yeah really there's a there's a there is a uh, chapter in your book called just pull over yeah and i think when when you were talking it reminded me i i didn't i didn't finish the chapter yet but i'm there right now mm -hmm. and i'm reading it and it's good but it reminds me of that chapter talk about a little bit about just pull over chapter 15 the, the just pull over is about the power of prayer. And just when God puts something in your heart, you, you may not even know it's God. For instance, right. I was, I wrote this in the book. My mom and I was in Houston visiting her. We were going to 
to lunch. She was driving. I was in the front seat. My son at the time was 17 and he and my other daughter were driving to Houston, which was a four hour drive. First long trip. Right. Well, when I woke up that morning, Carl, I prayed over them. I prayed for safety. I prayed that angels would be about their car and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, they were coming. Mama and I were going to lunch. I was in the middle of a conversation with my mom when all of a sudden she took her hand and she placed it on my hand in the middle of my conversation. <laughs> and she said, let's pray. Well, I've grown up with this woman all my life. So I know when mama says to pray, let's pray. Right. He said something like this, Father, I thank you that Garrison and Savannah are safe, that they'll not have an accident, that no harm will come nigh them, that they'll make it to Houston safely without any accident, without anything going wrong. They'll make it here safely. In Jesus name. Amen. She let go of my hand. I continued my conversation within one minute. I'll say two, just two minutes right. I'm within probably seconds. Right. I get a call from my daughter, Savannah, that was driving. I said, is everything okay? She said, yeah, everything's good. But she said, but mama, you're not going to believe what just happened. And I said, what? She said, we were driving down the highway and this 18 wheeler ran over this spare tire and the spare tire was flying straight for our windshield. She said, but all of a sudden, now this is going to make me cry. She said, all of a sudden that tire just went to the side and completely missed us. Wow. It was a miracle. So my point of that is we're just big babies, sir. Just pull over. Just when God lays something on your heart, when, when you feel something, maybe you don't understand, people that are listening don't understand when I say if God says something. If you feel a strong sense on the inside of you that maybe pray for my sister, pray for my friend, then pray. Pull over and pray. Don't think of it, oh, that's just something that flew into my mind. No, pray for that person. Because God is in the big stuff, but he's also in the small stuff. Woo! <laughs> you preaching. You preaching. Oh, man. You preaching. That's powerful. Your, um, that story, um, it's so powerful because when, when you're, as you're talking, it, re, it also reiterates how your mom lives in a higher frequency of thought where mm -hmm. she's always aware spiritually, which is back to what we talked about earlier, which is being, a, being aware of the devices, the enemy's right. plots. Yes. Talk a little bit about how you can strengthen. Uh, the book hits on it too, but talk about a little bit how you can strengthen your spiritual walk so that you can be aware right. and know when to pray for someone. You should be praying all the time. The Bible says pray right. without ceasing, yeah. but I also like to eat chili. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not praying when I'm eating chili. So. Yeah, exactly. I think Frito pie, Frito pie. Exactly. Fritos are good. Yes, um, yes. You know, I think it's, it's each person, um, you know, you got to get your time, your quiet time in. And my quiet time is in the morning where I wake up, I have my coffee. You see that warm blanket in my Bible. I read, I pray over my family. I have my affirmations, declarations. I say every single day and, and I read the word of God. And I think it's important to read the word of God just because my dad used to say, get God's word, uh, put the word of God in you when you don't need it. And God will bring it out of you when you do need it. Amen. You have to have that stored up. And, but you know, when I became a mom, I have five kids. It was, you have five kids? I do. I have five kids. You look like you're 22. I knew I liked you. <laughs> I have two grandbabies too. No way. 
you. I really do. You look amazing. Man, I am sending money right now. <laughs> send a, cash me out. Cash out. That, uh... You know what's crazy? When I'm, as you're talking, I'm thinking, am I talking to Courtney Cox, the actress? Because you just look so much like her right now. Oh, wow. with, with the eyes and the hair. Um, but I there's no way I would have thought you had five kids. I knew you were married, but I didn't know you had five kids. Five kids, yeah. That's so, crazy. But you know, when I was first had babies, I couldn't have my quiet time in the morning. I was good to grab a scripture here or there. So it's no condemnation if you can't, you know, if somebody prays an hour a day and you can't, then don't worry about it. It's not about them, it's about you. Get right. your time in and then as you become closer to God and just getting in his word. You know, you start, you start hearing things like, you know, pray for this person. Or, you know, I, I think about one day I was walking in my house and I, I thought, call Savannah. Right. I just picked up the phone. And I called her and I said, are you okay? She said, yeah, but it's funny that you call right now because this almost had an accident on the freeway, long story short. And, uh, you know, the car, I was going 60 miles an hour and I just barely bumped the car. So it's, it's little things like wow. that, that um, you know, you just become more in tune with that kind of stuff. And I think it's important. And then it brings you to chapter 18 when it says stay balanced. That's how, how do you stay balanced? It's part of that. That's part of it, right? Yes, definitely. Stay in balance. But what other tips do you give people in your book about staying balanced? Well, you don't have to say yes to everything. Girl, you better say that again. Yeah, you don't have to say yes to Girl, everything. Girl, you better say that again. You don't have to say yes to everything. And this is the deal. You need to read. Sometimes clearing out the clutter is clearing out the clutter of your schedule. You need to look at your schedule maybe every week. If it's stressing you out and overwhelming you, you need to revisit. You need to reevaluate. And then you need to redo your schedule so you're not stressed out. For instance, I used to have four basketball games on a Saturday. It was wearing me out, taking my kids here and there. And I finally said, you know what? I don't have to do this. Right. So I reworked it to bring some sanity and peace to my mind. So to stay balanced, you got to do your part. It's not just going to fall in your lap. You got to think about what you're, uh, what, what's going on in your schedule. You got to think about your health. You know, if you're out of, um, out of whack in your body, you don't feel good. It doesn't, you don't feel like doing things. So I did write that whole chapter to that, how to say no, how to keep your balance, how to um, not feel bad about saying no, and just to work your life. This is our life. Life has no remote control. We got to get up and change it ourselves. If we feel overwhelmed, we need to see what the, what tri what's triggering those feelings. And then we need to take action, put feet to our faith and work it out. Wow. I need to get you a TV show on the network. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want you don't I want you on the network. You got to have a TV show here. Um stay I want to talk about I want to talk about a little bit about your brother in a minute. But before I get into that, the book is so good. I just want to there's so many things about the book that I like that I wanted to just hit on all the things that I I thought we should talk about with the public. Right. Stuff I want to talk about with your brother just gossip. So I don't want to get into gossip yet. <laughs> I want to get into this book first. Um, so you have, there's a chapter, I think it's 20 or 21. You talk about spreading your wings yeah. and uh, start from the heart. Um, I have an interpretation of starting from the heart and spreading your wings, but I, I was very curious when I thumbed through that chapter, your take on it. So give a little bit without giving away everything. Cause we want people yeah. to buy the book. 
Right. But uh, give give a little bit about your take from it. And you have to read the book to get all of it. But Right. Starting the heart, I, I talk about a particular story that I want to tell. Like, right. read it. But um, it, it, it basically, in essence, says this. Oftentimes, we pray, God, change my circumstances, when all the while, God is waiting to change us. Mm. So it, that whole chapter is... I, I just I just talk about, you know, so often we're waiting on God to move and God is looking for us to wait. There's some right. things, some inner things he wants to do in our life. And that particular story I tell, you know, I had to get some pride out of my life. I had mm-hmm. to get some, you know, trying to think people, trying to want people to not see my flaws and being embarrassed about my flaws. And that's what's starting from the heart. You know, you got to get the flowers. Do you have woman? You look gorgeous. <laughs> You, if you read that story, you'd say, ooh. <laughs> well, I did. I did read it, but yeah. still. <laughs> but anyway, so it's just starting from the inside. It's not about changing everybody else. It's saying God created me a clean right. heart, just like right. David prayed. And um, so that's what I'm talking about there. And talking about spreading the eagles that other, I mean, I'm sorry, spreading your wings, wings is just, you know, when you think one thing is over. God's not done. If you're still breathing, God still has a plan. So because one door is closed, doesn't mean that life is finished because one chapter has ended, doesn't mean it is finished. The key is you have to turn the page. You have to close the door and open up the new door. It takes faith on your part. And and, and it's not staying loyal to an old version of yourself. It's not cheating on your future with your past. It's saying, God, mistakes, flaws, and all, I believe that you want to do another new thing in my life. You know, the scripture says he wants to do a new thing. So it's it's just, you know, not limiting ourselves, but spreading our wings and flying. And finally, on talking about the book, I want to talk about um, forgiveness, which is a very important part. And I, it was interesting that you chose to make that the end. I'm curious, why did you choose to make that the end as opposed to beginning? I, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe it's a hard pill for some people to swallow. And, gotcha. and you know, so I, I wanted to get through some stuff, some funny stuff and all that, and then get to, you know, starting with the heart is having that heart of forgiveness, because I don't know how it is in San Diego, but every day in Texas, we have the opportunity to be offended. And, <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. And we have the opportunity to be hurt. And right. You know, you cannot live a life that's better than ever if you're harboring unforgiveness, if you're harboring bitterness or anger. You know, it's that's not Jesus said he's come to give us life and life more abundantly. An abundant life is an abundance of peace, an abundance of life, an abundance of joy and happiness and fulfillment. And Carl, I don't know about you, but if I have unforgiveness in my heart, I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel that um, that abundant kind of living so it's simply saying you know what i'm going to forgive even if they don't say they're sorry i'm going to forgive and it doesn't mean that it makes what they did right it simply sets me free there's probably some people listening that maybe they've been through rape maybe they've been through some really bad things in life some abuse and man our hearts again go out to you And it's not forgiving and saying that person was right and justified. No, it's saying, God, I need you to take this because it's heavy on me. And I just, I just forgive. And I just, I'm going to move forward with this. You know, 
And, you know, I haven't been through a lot of things that people have been through and you haven't been through things. We can't relate to things we haven't been through. We don't know the hurt of the heart, but we know God knows the hurt of the heart. And I just know this, Carl, I cannot, again, I'll say it again. I cannot live that abundant life if I have unforgiveness in my heart. So forgiveness is key to a life that's better than ever. Yeah, that's good. Perfectly Mm -hmm. said. Um, So I want to talk, I want to pivot a little bit and talk about a little fun stuff, a little gossip. So I'm curious as to what the conversation was like when um, it was decided that your brother Joel was going to pastor the church in the family. Was that like a what? Or was it like a (laughs) wow? Take us through a list, a little bit of what you can tell us what that was like. I think it was a what and a wow. You know, because, you know, he was always behind the camera and, uh, and, you know, daddy asked him to preach and he always said no. And then finally he preached when my dad was still alive. My dad was in the hospital and daddy heard him and he was so proud of him and he did a good job. But for him to come to the forefront and tell my mom, I think I'm supposed to pastor the church. It was a what, but like, wow, this has to be God. You know, that's how it was. And we were excited for him. One thing about my family, Carl, and I, I, we just cheer each other on. We just we just root for each other. I remember the first time that, as the pastor that he spoke, I was sitting on the front row. I think I sweated through my whole outfit because I was just wanting him to do good. Right. <laughs> so I was thinking, you can do it. You can do it. And the, the crowd, you know, he had a lot of naysayers because he's not my dad. But guess what? He's not my dad. He shouldn't be my dad. And so, you know, he had to, like we talked about in the beginning, he had to focus forward and not listen to the naysayers. I heard him say something the other day. He said, when he first was starting to pastor, I'm going to get this a little bit wrong. He heard two ladies in our church that had been there forever and say some derogatory things about him. Like he's not like pastor John. And, you know, I don't know what else they said, but it was in the, it was very discouraging. And he said, he just had to let those things go because he, he could never make, listen, none of us could make it if we listened to the naysayers. Yep. So he, he had to, again, stay face forward. But um, it was a, it was a pretty remarkable thing. And, you know, I remember when, when my dad passed, I was, I was nine months pregnant with my fourth child. And I took the weight of that, even as the youngest kid, what are we going to do? How are we going to make this church work? And, you know, none of us are him. How are we going to fill my dad's shoes? And God really just spoke to me. You don't have to fill your dad's shoes. He's already here in heaven. He's good. Each of you fill your own shoes and you move forward into the thing that I've called each of you to do. And I'm telling you, Carl, it was just a miracle. And I mean, to look at where God has taken it, taken him, it's just, it's just amazing. And he remains very humble, very amazed by God. And it's just a, it's just a great thing. I wonder, um, so what, made you decide to leave Houston and start High Point? And then what lessons did you learn during the High Point years? What was the lesson that you learned as a pastor um, Mm -hmm. that you take with you now? Because I'm sure there were ups and downs uh, with that. So I want to know about that perspective. Like, why did you leave? And what lessons you learned in the 14 years of being uh, it was a big, huge church. I heard it was the Johnson and Johnson building. So yeah, you guys had a huge campus. It was. So, yeah. Well, we, we always knew we were going to pastor one day and the timing was, you know, we made sure the church was good and, 
and Lakewood got my family's blessings. And then we just knew it was time to go. And we started with, with 15 people in our living room. And then within a, I think about a year, we had around a couple thousand people. And then we purchased that facility that you're talking about. And it was, it was challenging. I mean, pastoring is challenging and, but the great part, you get some wonderful people and, and, you know, thank God I grew up in the church atmosphere because I had something to reflect upon, but I would say, Carl, one of the biggest things that I learned, what many of the things that I've learned is number one, God is on the other side of your fear. Change is, change is not bad. Change is good. It's okay to get out of your comfort zone. It's okay to spread your wings and fly, even when you don't know how it's all going to work out. And then when everything comes crashing down, now this is going to sound like an oxymoron. God is still faithful. Mm. He's still there. He's still by your side. He's, he's there when we question. He's there when we don't understand. He's there when everything's been ripped out from underneath you. And then guess what? He's got something even greater in store for you. Did so, you? No, go ahead, please. No, please. Oh, no, I, I'm just, I'm just, I can think about it like it happened yesterday because I realized in the midst of all the questions, God has been faithful. Did you feel when um, High Point ended, did you feel any type of resentment for a minute or did you not feel, I mean, you hit on it a little bit on the book yeah. talking about it, but I'm saying, did you feel uh, resentment toward God is what I'm asking. I did not feel any resentment toward God because you know what? I had my family. Right. My most important mission field is my family. Right. And, you know, I can't explain it away. And I know God was in it. Right. I I, I know God was in the church and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, maybe I'm kind of weird, but when I don't understand something, I can just turn it off and say, okay, I'm going to go back to what I do know. God is faithful. God loves me. And, you know, that kind of thing. Do you feel, um, um, as a writer, how do you uh, put your thoughts together when you write? Because this is really written very well. And I'm curious as to what your process is when you write, when you write your books. Thank you so much for saying that. You know, I just kind of, I walk a lot and I get a lot of my ideas when I walk and I'm, I think I'm kind of a storyteller. Yeah. um, So I can, I can think of stories, especially that happened to me. And that's what my book is all about. And I don't know, it just formulates once I go on a walk and I think about it, I come home, I get on my computer and I start writing. And that's how it happened for me. I think the hardest part of writing for me, Carl, is the title. And um, so even when I do a message and I'm speaking somewhere, I think I cannot think of a good title for the life of me. So when I was writing the book, I thought, well, you know, my theme is, you know, life can be better than ever. And so that's why I called it that. But um, I I didn't know I would enjoy writing as much as I did. And um, I couldn't, I took the whole month of February in 2020 off, having no idea that the pandemic was coming. And I just, I thought I'm going to dedicate it. I'm going to write this book this month. And I could not wait to wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning and write. I wrote all day for probably 10 hours a day. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm glad people are liking it. I was, I was, I was thinking you were going to call the book our title of the book, uh, Warm Chocolate Cake. <laughs> hey, it's in there. I was like, maybe, you should, you maybe should title the next the, book. Yeah, yeah, the next book. I was like, that would be such a catchy title, like yeah. Warm Chocolate, but the, fi- the, the small things that you appreciate in life or something goofy like that. That's just I like me. it. That's 
Perfect. Yeah, I, I would buy that book. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking you have your face on it. You got the cute picture and then you have warm chocolate cake and then appreciate the finer things of life or the small things in life. You know? I should have talked to you before I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the next one, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we have this segment we're going to get into before I let you go. We got this segment called Top Five, right? Okay, I'm ready. And top five is when I ask you, I throw questions at you, right? Okay. And you're going to tell me your f- top five favorite things to do okay. or your top five favorite things in general on the list of the, of the content, okay? okay so here we go. Uh, well, first of all, do you like, do, do you know what hip hop music is? I do. Okay. Do you have top five hip hop MC or songs? What's your top five? Okay. I don't have that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh man, Rita Wilson has set it up for you. You got to do what Rita Wilson is up to, man. She's rapping now. Oh my goodness, I got to get with it. I'm so sorry. Okay, so we'll we'll skip top five. Okay, top five favorite um, songs. Doesn't matter what the songs are. Oh my goodness, um, Good Life, Frank Sinatra, Nat King Cole, Love. I I don't know what it's called. L O V E. Um, oh my goodness, Tony Bennett. I like all these old. old I love Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. Um, I don't. Frank and Tony Bennett are like kings, man. When it comes to that voice, <laughs> Tony Bennett. I I can hear the song, but I don't know what it's called. Anything Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra, Nat King Cole. I love Louis Armstrong too, and I love Dean Martin. I love Sammy Davis Jr. Oh wow, you got you like the Rat Pack. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. So okay, playing. <laughs> Top five favorite places to visit. Italy. I, I go to California all the time. So I'm right. there all the time. Um, okay. So um, I like France. I haven't been there in a while. Um, I would say I go to Cabo every once in a while. I'll just put it there for now. And then I love Greece. Greece. Oh. I, I would take Cabo off and say Greece. And then maybe, no, let's leave it on there. I have family from Greece. So Greece, yeah. yeah. I love it. Trying to get my uh, my uh, official family citizenship there as a dual citizenship. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yes. Yes. And the food. Oh. I know. Amazing. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, top five favorite uh, designers, if you have clothes that you like to wear from favorite uh, designers. Yes. I, I'm just so, let's see. I I don't know I, <laughs> where I like to shop. I like to shop. I'm not so much as designer, but I like Zara. I, if you're talking purses, I like Fendi and Louis Vuitton, that kind of okay, stuff. Okay, top five purses. Okay, uh, probably Louis Vuitton, Fendi, Gucci. Um, that's probably it. I don't even have any more. You don't have no more? Okay, top five favorite things to do with your family. <sighs> um, I love, okay, I love to go Christmas light looking. I know that's seasonal. No, we love, cool. love, love that. We love to come over and just have a night where we eat together and watch something on TV. Um, like last night we did it. We watched The Voice. I know that's goofy, but that's what we did. We had fun here, had desserts. Um, we love to go somewhere and get desserts. We love to go travel. And um, what else do we like to do? We like to go do things outside. Top five fi- favorite things for you to do privately, quietly, your private time. I like to walk. I like to sh- go shopping, shoe shopping. Houston Galleria? Um, well, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know. I know. I know more like the, the malls outside in California. <laughs> okay. So so you know about the one in Orange County, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> are you talking to Fashion Island or that other one? That um, the, uh, yeah, the other one. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to put your spot on the spot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and then um, I like to. I like to every once in a while, like just take up maybe a spa day. I don't know if that's five things, but yeah, that's kind of what I like. I like to do things outside, ride my bike, go walking, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Favorite uh, five favorite uh, uh, Bible verses, if you can remember them. <laughs> yeah, I love God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. I think yes. Three twenty. I love Hebrews thirteen eight. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Luke two nineteen. God has given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. Philippians fourteen. Yes. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And um, let's see, what's one more that I really, really, oh, the one in Proverbs, since the Lord is directing our steps, why try to understand everything that happens along the way? I already said that, but it's one of my favorites. Man, you did that. Like I asked you, what was your favorite top five favorite things to eat? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right. That was good. You know your scriptures. <laughs> you know your scriptures. Ask you what your favorite design is like, uh, I don't know. Good meals, Sarah. I don't I know. know. Yeah, Who really. cares? I know, I don't Taco really. Bell. <laughs> right. <laughs> what is your top five favorite? Uh, do you cook? I don't cook as much now. My One of my daughters cooks and loves to cook. So what is your top five favorite uh, meals? I love Mexican food. Yes, me too. Love, love, love Mexican food. I love a good, I kind of eat healthy. I love a good salmon and vegetables. Mm -hmm. I love Mediterranean food. Mm-hmm. Um, I like some, some pasta and then I like, um, like a little bit of Greek food. Yeah, of course. I yeah. knew he was going to bring up Greek. Yeah. So yeah. T top five movies. Oh my goodness. I'm going to go way back. I love like an affair to remember. I love Roman holiday. I like the old stuff. I, I even like, like the proposal. There's some parts in that that aren't good. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched Pop Robert Redford, Robert Redford. Yes, yes, yes. So. Um, I, I tend to go to the old movies. You know, I I grew up not going to movies, so I didn't right. know movies. But Me now, too. now I do. You did too. Yeah, I I couldn't go to movies when I was a kid. My, my parents wouldn't let me. That's the same with me. That's so funny. Yeah. So do you, ever, do you ever watch TCM Turner Classic movies? Uh -huh, I do. Yeah. Just, I watch it at night. I'll turn it on and just let it play at night. <laughs> I do. Too. I love it. Yes. <laughs> What's your um top favorite TV shows? Oh, you know what? I well, like right now it's like the the ones that just came on Voice, and um, I like kind of Dancing with the Stars sometimes. I like I like stuff too, like Friends. Uh, everybody loves Friends. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, what else is there? I don't know. I like like HGTV and all that kind right, of stuff. Right, right, right. TLC, HGTV. Yeah, yeah. And then the final one before I have you uh, take off, what is your favorite? What is the thing you want God to say when you hit heaven? the pearly gates what is the thing you want him to say to you well of course i want him to say you did it good you took chances even when you were afraid and you did a good job april yeah can you pray with the people before you take off i will father i just pray for everyone listening or watching father you know everything they're going through everything they're experiencing father i pray that you would meet them right at the point of their need now father i pray that if they're depressed or lonely, Lord God, that you would just, you would just show them that you're with them, that you're for them, you're around them. They are not alone. I pray, Father, if anyone is even attempting thoughts of suicide, that they would not do that. Not They would not have those thoughts anymore. They would put them away and realize they are needed, 
They are here with purpose, that you love them, that you have not given up on them. Father, I pray that each of us would fulfill our heart's desires that you put in our hearts. I pray for those who maybe are having questions about whether to move forward, that everything's come against them. Father, I pray that you would just be that ever-present help in time of need. Father, and that they would put feet to their faith and they would move forward even when they're afraid, even when they don't have all the answers, Lord God. Father, I just thank you, Father, that even in this time of all the mess going on in the world, Father, that we're not going to let what's going on around us to override the calm that's going on within us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for doing my podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. The book is entitled Better Than Ever, and you can pick it up at any bookstore that yeah. you choose to uh, buy your books. And we're going to um, end the show with a song from the band Spur of the Moment. And I think it's fitting for this particular podcast. The song is entitled In Too Deep. And it's about basically what this book is about and what your life has been. And so we're going to end this show with that song right now. My path now bears a simple truth No need for wasted tears All my thoughts now crystal clear And set on what it is that I must do I'm further now than when I started Forced to believe beyond my means both stronger now and more Determined I've resolved to follow to wherever this may lead I'm in too deep I can't, I can't let go I can't let go I've come too far to turn and been promised My faith the sum of ordered steps But my impatience only leaves more room for doubt It seems all that I need now is to believe I no longer count the days in passing I've made my peace with yesterday Now looking forward I believe More strongly in that which I've seen Is far beyond what many dare to dream I'm in too deep I said I'm in too deep No, 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 no 
for watching and listening to the Carl Jackson podcast. Great guests, great interview. I enjoyed this interview. This probably will go down as my probably top three interviews that I've done that I enjoy doing like on another level. Like I enjoy all my interviews, but this one was like one of the ones that really, really um, was just an amazing time to speak with her and just to hear her wisdom. And with a woman who has five kids and grandchildren, you can't beat that. You know what I mean? So anyway, until next time, you be blessed. Thank you for watching the Carl Jackson podcast. Peace. Follow the Carl Jackson podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes so that you can know when there are new episodes to listen to.